Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, aka KD. And there's a saying, right? You are the company that you keep. But have you ever taken a second to think about if you are company worth keeping? We talk all the time about you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. But then do you ever take the time to think, are you worth spending time with? And that's why I'm so excited to have our guest today, Scott Ingram, to join us and talk about what it means to surround yourself with doers but also how to be a doer yourself. When you start to be worth keeping the company of, worth being that five in a circle of five, you will be amazed at the doors that will open. And Scott knows this firsthand, right? He started the sales, like the LinkedIn sales success list on LinkedIn, helping people understand where they rank and what their performance is on LinkedIn. He threw his own conference, three times now, in person, the Sales Success Summit on bringing people together and building that community of successful people to raise each other up. So Scott's going to dive in today on how to be a doer, how to surround yourself with doers, and I'm ready to do this. Scott, my man, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Let's do this. So diving right in, right? So when I hit you up and I say, what do you want to talk about? And in a heartbeat, it was, I want to talk about what it means to be a doer. Right. But also like how to surround yourself with doers. So let's define this. Right. So right from the get go, people understand like what we're talking about. When you say a doer, what does that mean to you? You know what, what it means to me, and, and it's the reason why I started the Sales Success Stories podcast five years ago. And I only interview on that show number one and top 1% individual contributors. So to me, the doers are, I would put them against the sayers, right? There's a lot of people who say stuff, they write books, they go on stages, but there's a set of people and you're one of them 
who this is what you do for a living and you're very good at it. Those are the people that I want to learn from. You know, the people that are in the role, in it today, not a decade ago, not not 20 years ago, right? But in it, in this moment, going through all of the challenges and all the things, and they have that experience and those results that they can speak to. That's Those are the doers for, in, in my mind, the, the true practitioners. And I, and I love this. This is, is going to be fun. I'm so pumped to go down this path because we live in a world and sometimes we get on the same list system sayers. We get our names next to some sayers versus doers. How do you weed out the doers from the sayers? Because there's a lot of sayers who sound like they're doing, mm-hmm. right? So how do you weed that out? How do you kind of know like, all right, this is someone who actually is doing versus this is someone who's just talking about it? Well, I think you have to look at what is it that they're doing? What is their true role behind the scenes, right? Because if your goal is to be a professional speaker and a top-selling author and a consultant, then a lot, then those are the doers, right? The people that are on the stages that are gathering great audiences and, and driving people to do things, that's great. But I think you want to find the people that are most closely aligned in what their actual role is, right? So if you're in sales and you're trying to learn sales, try to find people who are in the same role as you or the role that you want to be in and are having success. And the the challenge there is they're not as focused on building their brand and speaking all the time because they're in the trenches. They're busy, right? So you're not going to find they're oftentimes not as prolific as, as others. I mean, that's the thing about my show and, and the sales success summit where the only people I put on that stage are the people who've been on the podcast. And many times that'll be the only time they speak all year long, right? Maybe they speak at their own sales kickoff, but as soon as they walk off that stage, they're going to pick up the same bag that you carry, the same quota, and, and they're going to go into the field and go do their thing. So I, I think there's just, again, and I don't mean to write off the other folks that, that are putting out great content, but there's something just so much more meaningful and so much more real when it's coming from like, this is hard fought knowledge. I'm not just making this stuff up. It sounds really good. In theory, it's a great idea, but it's real. Mm-hmm. No, and it's so it's so important, and that's something as we look at how much you know LinkedIn has changed over the last two to three years. You know, it's getting very watered down. It's getting very like everyone is all of a sudden an expert. All of a sudden, like everybody's an expert, right? Everyone's giving advice on how to do this and how to do that, and so it does. It gets hard, and I, I'm glad you bring up like people to really look at one. Like, is there is there an alternative, like an ulterior motivation? Right. Yes. Like he's yes. trying to sell me something. Right. Or is it just you're just giving. Right. They're just putting it out there. But also too, like the recency of what they've done, because I actually do. I get hit up a lot, you know, for, you know, reps of like around like mentorship and things like that. And I go, you know, honestly, you should talk to someone two years ahead of you. Like I'll mentor you and I'll coach you. But if you're yeah, an SDR yeah. right now trying to become an AE, speak to someone who just made that transition within the last two years. And if you're an AE trying to get into enterprise, speak to someone who's made that transition in the last two years because shit's changing, right? Yeah. And so let's come back to this word doer then, right? So how can people become more of a doer? Because at the end of the day, I think you and I both know this, 
the real difference between the people that succeed and the people that don't so often just comes down to doing. They actually just do the things they're supposed to do. So let's talk about that a little bit. How do you become a doer? Well, and, and this is this is hard fought for me because I spent so much time early in my career overthinking everything. I, I am by my nature, I love strategy. I, I love the research. I love educating myself. I love surrounding myself with, with all this stuff. And I would imagine it's kind of in the DNA of a podcast listener, right? If you're listening to this, there's maybe, and, and I think you need to look at yourself hard in the mirror. There's maybe this inclination that, well, I just need to learn a little bit more versus just do it. Right. So I think it really comes down to, you know what to do, right? You you keep looking for this magic bullet, this super special thing. You already know. And the the trick is, and, and this is where this was hard, hard fought for me, is I would do all of this work and try and overthink and every outcome and every possible objection and everything that could happen. And then the first conversation I had wouldn't go that way at all. And here I am out on my own and well, what, damn it, I didn't plan for this. And what I have learned over time is I learned the most from just doing it, right? Like, of course, I'm going to have some ideas going in, but I, I get to where I want to get to so much faster if I develop the strategy by just having the conversations, Right, but by just making the the outreach attempts and and all of those different pieces, right? So that's why I think it also you, you already called out the Jim Rohn quote that is, you know, you you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, if you spend time with other doers, not other overthinkers, you're much more likely to do, right? You're gonna see them doing and you're gonna go, ah, you know what? Okay, I just need to freaking do this. And uh, Michelle Baker re recently turned me on to this idea. Um, I, I think there's a book about it, but it's like a four or five second rule. Yeah. And it's just that thing that you think of that you know you need to do, do it immediately before your stupid rational brain talks you out of doing it. And it gives you all the reasons why you can't or you shouldn't, or maybe later, but you gotta figure out all this other stuff you're going to learn so much more and you're going to get so much further by just doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So the recommendation there, that's Mel Robbins, five second rule, phenomenal, phenomenal book. And the whole premise there is, is like you count it down five, four, three, two, one, and you take action, right? Five, four, three, two, one. And there's actually a lot of science behind why that works, right? Why counting down works as opposed to counting up, right? And the how quickly you actually have to act. Funny enough, it's with my team. It's why we count down dials. It's why we count down promotions. Nice. To see a number getting smaller actually builds momentum versus watching a number get bigger does not, right? So five second rule, Mel Robbins, definitely go grab it. I do want to take one step back here real quick because there, you, you said a very subtle thing and I want to talk about this a little bit. The difference between doing and learning through doing. Because there's a lot of people just doing, yes, they're not learning, right? So how do you learn through doing? Because that's that's different, right? Yeah. Because there's yeah. a lot of people out there that just say, "Oh, you just get, just do it." That's how you'll learn. Well, if I go walk out and let's say I'll just pick a random sport I've never played before, I don't know ice hockey, and I just go do it, like I just go do, I just lace up the skates and I go onto the rink and play a game, I'm going to get destroyed. Right. So how do you actually learn by doing? Because that is different. 
Yeah. So let's, let's invoke another book and, and another idea, another of my favorite. And I'm super fond of the, the origination kind of foundational fundamental stuff. Think and grow rich. Hell yes. Right? So it's this idea of you need to think and give yourself some time. So there is the doing, but at the same time, there needs to be, a, and for me, this is, this is natural. Like I don't have to work at this. This is just the way that I am, but taking that time to really f- reflect on, okay, how did that go? What happened from that? Now, at the same time, I don't think you need to do this after every rep. You don't do one push up and go, hmm, okay, how did that push up go? How do I need to improve that push up? Like, no, no, no. Like, at least do a full set or two mm-hmm. and then think about that a little bit and then continue to refine and adjust your approach. But now you're doing it based on not only real data, but your data. And it, that's another of the huge themes that I have pulled out of. I've interviewed now over 125 of these top performing individual contributors. And what makes them great is them. They have figured out their way, their approach, their strengths, their superpowers, and they're maximizing those, right? And, and that's why I think it's so hard to... For, for people to kind of get to that place of ultra high performance, because the only way you can get there is your way, not somebody else's way. And, and the only way to figure that out is by doing it yourself. Interesting. Right. And so, and I think that's, what's so important. And what I hope y'all caught there is that like you got to reflect, right. You got to say like, you know, what I talk about a lot in terms of my own team, my own managers, IIW, is it working? Is it working, right? Because you also can't keep doing the same thing, which is unfortunately where I think a lot of the sales industry is right now. People are doing the same things yeah. over and over and over again, and they're not working yeah. and they won't change what they're doing, right? They won't change. They just keep doing the same things and wonder why it doesn't work, you know, because I do think there's a fair balance between making something your own and trying to blaze a path. Right. Because I bet people could learn a lot from you. I think you could teach a lot of people how to do things better, but then it's taking what you're teaching and crafting it into your own versus completely changing it. Right. I know for a fact I would not be where I am right now in my career if I hadn't learned from people that have come before me. Right. Exactly. But then yep. you learn and you make what you've learned your own. Because I do think there's a lot of reps that get in the industry and go, like, all right, I'm going to figure this out. When there are people like you <laughs> and me and these one percenters that are sharing their tips and they don't actually take the time to learn from them. And so how do you do despite, right? How do you do despite feeling low energy or despite, you know, not getting the results, right? You wake up that day or you just got a deal you knew oh, I was going to close and it doesn't. And then you got to still do again. Do you have any tips on like how to do when you don't feel like doing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it really comes down to action drives the the mindset, right? So a lot of times, again, you, we get in our head and it's another blocker to the doing, right? Mm-hmm. We're all in our head where we're thinking about, or we're not in the mood or whatever it is. And we'll wait till tomorrow because tomorrow or next week or the start of next month or next quarter, I'm going to do this or, you know, whatever the delay tactic is, you're going to feel better by taking the action. Mm -hmm. So recognizing, and, and this was kind of a personal learning for me, like Q3, I was just 
down. You know, and, and I, I think I've under I now understand a lot of the reasons for why that was. And one of the things that I changed is I started walking more instead of getting on my Peloton. Well, turns out that's just not enough activity for me. Mm -hmm. I need to have my heart rate higher. I need to be punishing myself just a little bit harder than just walking around the neighborhood, right? To to get my mind and my mindset to fully engage, mm -hmm. right? And, and again, the more that you just start the activity that you need to get done, you're, you're going to get into it. I love this countdown thing too. I'm going to start playing with that. I hadn't, I hadn't gotten into that. I haven't read the book. I just heard Michelle talking about it. It was like, okay, I, it's just, it makes it intuitive sense, right? I've seen that too many times in myself and my own behaviors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, it's also too, if you don't want to read the book, there's a TED talk, Mel Robbins, five second rule TED talk, 20 minutes, watch it. You'll get the, most books could probably be a 20 yep. minute talk, but that's, that's the gist of it there. And it does, it's true. It's like momentum, right? Just action builds momentum. Yeah. Tony Robbins is a big one of that, right? Like motion creates emotion. That's right. right. Get yourself moving, whether it's one call or one email, one step, right? Go do one minute on the Peloton. You're probably not going to step off after that one minute. Like the past month I've gotten into cold plunging, right? I built a cold plunge in my garage. Oh, Water. dude, I'm coming over. I didn't know. Dude. We're only a couple miles away. Swing by, right? 38 degrees, right? And you get into that. And literally right before it, still every single time, five, four, three, two, one, go, right? Like, and you just have to step in because you know it's going to suck. You know it's going to hurt. But you get through those first 30 seconds and then you're just in this zen place for five, seven, 10 minutes, right? And so, but taking that first step, even when you don't feel like doing it, is I think also a big thing that separates the doers from the rest. It's easy to do when things are easy. Yeah. yeah. Anyone can and, do and the key is the key is start, right? That's, that's the hard part. The keep going. That's not that hard. Yeah. Once you've started, once you're in motion, right? And like now momentum and all of the laws of physics take over. Yeah. And that, and that's where to wrap on this before we go to the next part is like why the countdown works well for things you don't enjoy doing. Because the, the brain science behind it is like, say, like, say something like cold calling. The vast majority of people do not like cold calling. It is what it is. When you're counting up, your brain feels this could go on forever. So every dial feels bigger than it is. Whereas if you go in bursts of 10, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, you're like, okay, 6, all right, 5, 4, 3. You're building momentum. It's almost like going downhill through it. And then you take a break, right? Love and then you gear up to do it again. So we've talked a lot about how to be a doer, right? Like how to take action, and actually get started and make things happen for yourself. Let's talk about the other part of this, which is how to surround yourself with doers, right? Because I think it, it's, it's funny where there are pieces of advice that have been said for so long that I think people start to discount them. Yeah. Right. Like they hear it. Right. They hear the phrase like, oh, you are the company you keep or, oh, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And people hear it. But it's like they've heard it so many times. They don't actually give it the weight that it should be. Right. So let's talk about this a little bit. Like first, like from a personal standpoint, like. Have you seen a difference in your life when you've changed who you surrounded yourself with? Yeah, I, a, a thousand percent. So when when I started sales success stories, was I the number one person in my company? No, I wasn't. And th that's that's a little bit of the hack here, right? Mm -hmm. You were talking about in your opening about are you the type of person that it would people would want to be in that group and to be that five? Here's how I've always cheated at that. 
if you bring together the other four and they're all not already connected to each other, you elevate yourself. You're bringing that value. You can do that right out of the gate. And I have used this in so many different ways. I was selling for another uh, company and I was, I was targeting some, some local enterprise accounts here in Austin. And I called my CEO and I said, look, I need you to come to town. I'm going to host a dinner. Right. And I reached out. I already had a friend at National Instruments. So I got him on board. That made it a lot easier to get the person that I was thinking of from Dell. Once I had those two, it was all downhill. Right. It was okay. Indeed's in. Garrison Lehrman group is in. I mean, it just, it just kept going. It was so easy because. I had found the others. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of my CEO. It was because like, oh my gosh, those are my peers, right? When you and I and Scott Lease get together, because we all live in the same freaking zip code, Right. (laughs) right? Then it gets even easier to attract people that are playing at that level. And notice how I cheated by putting myself in the same category as Scott Lease and KD. Well, what's interesting there is, you actually didn't put yourself in the same category. You became a connector and right. that's how you get pulled in, right? There's a, a book I read a, a while ago. I'm trying to remember the, the name of it, but what it talked about was the difference between networking and connecting. When you can shift from being a networker to a connector is when everything changes, right? And so I hope y'all did, I hope y'all picked up on this. I was going to ask y'all if you picked up on it, like this is a webinar, it's a podcast. So I don't get to hear you say it back, but he connected. He got one person connected to another person that made it easier to pull in a, another person and another person. And all of a sudden you're the commonality between them all. That's where the value starts to come, right? Is that connection there. And so then as you think through that, how do you do this then? Right. So like, all right, cool, Scott, I'm going to be a doer. I don't know a lot of other doers. I don't know these one percent that you're talking about. I don't have a podcast. I don't get to invite people to these things. How can people start to really improve the people that they surround themselves with? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first piece is just paying attention to it and watching for it, right? If you're not, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to find it, right? So there are other people in your organization in every sales team. Guess what? There's a number one. It's just how it works. You know? So think about that person. Now, are they closely aligned enough to your style and your approach? Is there enough kind of relationship potential there, right? It's what I built the whole sales success summit around, right? Is, is connecting these other top performers with each other, but now also with my audience. So if you want access, pay a little bit of money and show up right? Go where the top performers are, right? And then, I mean, it is networking. It is connecting. It's build some relationship, ask, right? Ask for a little bit of time, set up that lunch, set up that coffee, maybe not one-on-one. That's, that's kind of a big ask. And one that, I mean, Katie, I know you get asked this all the time. Mm -hmm. I get asked all the time. It's not a super scalable thing. I don't, I don't, it it just, it, it disrupts my day, but if I'm, if I'm putting together a coffee and I bring a few of these people together, and again, I get to be that connector. And now I'm literally surrounding myself 
with the best, right? Um, Kyle Gutzler, who was on my podcast forever ago, had this great story about how he just committed and, and doubled his income in one year. And part of what he did is he looked at the top performers across his company at that time. And, and he was the guy who brought them all together. And I, I think it was a couple of times a week, you know, they would get on a call or maybe this was back in the day when, you know, we all got together in person <laughs> and he would set up like a breakfast or something. And they all came together. Again, the, the value in that is so huge, right? Now you make it scalable. It's not just about you, but you literally are surrounding yourself with, with the best and it rubs off. You know, again, I, I went into this podcast adventure not being number one, but now I have been for the last number of years it. and it's, it's automatic. I don't think about it. It's just what I surround myself with and it's who I've become and who I am. I love that. And so actually, actually, I want to take a step back because something like popped in my head here. I want to see if we can't talk through it a little bit. On one side, you know, we're saying improve the company that you keep, you know, learn from the best. But on the other side earlier, right, it was said like, you know, it's got to be your own way. You got to do it. It's your thing. Like, what's the what is the balance between that? Because I do think that is sometimes what deters people from, you know, asking for help or talking to top performers because I do feel like, all right, no, I have to do it my way. What's the balance between that? Because I do think people get tripped up on that a little bit of like, all right, well, shit, he said, I have to do, I have to do this. I have to learn it. At the same time, I need to surround myself with people that are better than me so I can learn from them. What's that balance there? Yeah. And I, I think you called it out before pretty well, right? It, it, it's this idea of you don't have to invent the thing, right? So if, if somebody else is already doing it, you just have to take that thing and make it your own and do it your way. So, you know, this isn't, hey, go figure out everything on your own, lone wolf this whole thing. Like, sales isn't a lone wolf thing anymore. Like this has become such a team sport. So you've really got to kind of lean into what is my role. And to your point, you have to find that right balance for you, right? I'm not saying stop listening to podcasts. No, like you still need those inputs. I mean, one of the, one of the questions that I've asked of every guest on my show is about the, the sales philosophy or approach that they subscribe to. Mm -hmm. And what I typically hear is, well, there isn't one because they've been students of all of them, right. right? They've done Sandler and Challenger and Spin and Gap and everything else under the sun to understand kind of the essence and the pieces. And then you're kind of cherry picking and you're experience, you're experimenting, you're doing, you're trying these things and then figuring out what works for you. And over time, and this is not something that happens in a year or two, right? This is, this is treating sales like a career, like a true profession, like a craft where you work to master it, right? Am I a master of sales? Hell no. I have so much more to learn, but it's continuing to build and build and build and refine. And over time, you end up with your process, your playbook, your approach, your style. And that's when you start crushing. There we go. Okay. I just wanted to call that out. And I was uh, the way you put that thing was really, really strong. Cause I do think that gets people sometimes, right. It's like, when do I learn versus when do I create? And like something that stuck with me for a long time was imitate first, innovate second. Love it. Imitate first. Right. And I hope you all caught it when you said like, it takes time to innovate, but when you're first getting started, imitate, imitate first, do what the best are doing. 
And then over time, you get the opportunity and the skill set and the wherewithal to then innovate, right? Like I talk about this with my own team. We have a lot of people just trying to innovate all the damn time versus like, hey, how about you do what we know works and then innovate? So I guess, how do you play that long game a little bit? Like, how do you keep yourself in that framework of getting better year after year after year after year, right? Like, I love the way you said it, right? Like, am I mastering? People do this like, oh, it's, you know, it's KD, you know, master. I'm like, dude, I have mastered nothing in life. <laughs> if anything, I just realized now how much I still don't know about everything, right? So how do you play that long game a little bit? Like, how do you keep that learning momentum year after year after year? For me, again, it's it's looking at the people that are at the top of their game and recognizing that's what they had to do, right? Now, by virtue of the role, oftentimes you'll find just an absolute rock star of an SDR and they've been an SDR for a year. Okay, that's kind of the nature of that particular game. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, if, but if we look at, I consider myself to be an intentional individual contributor, right? I am in this role and selling directly and not leading a team for a reason, for a purpose. And I'm also looking at people. I mean, you called out Brandon Fluharty before we, before we got started mm-hmm. here, right? You've had a lot of these doers on, on your podcast. So go back to Katie's previous episodes, listen to Sarah Brazier, listen to Dewan Brown, listen to Scott Barker, Alexine Moodwar, Dale Dupree, you know, those, those are the folks and you'll see it in all of them, right? Sarah gave a presentation at this year's summit, and I wanted her to kind of talk through her transition from SDR to AE. Her whole presentation was about learning and developing herself and listening to her own gong calls Mm -hmm. and getting her own coaching. She was so focused on the improvement. And to me, I think the mindset is being excited by that seeing that, man, this is so powerful. There, there's so much more that I can improve and anything and everything is like this. I mean, look at, look at professional athletes, you know, they didn't get to college and you're like, I am the best. This is as good as I'm going to get. Well, if they did, they don't play pro. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of the game. So you just have to really think about what is that mindset? Where do you ultimately want to be? Now, maybe you're not an intentional individual contributor, right? Maybe you aspire to be a VP of sales. Okay. Then KD is much more the archetype that you want to look to, but also recognize you don't get any of those opportunities unless you perform in the role that you're in. So you also have to find that balance. You have to figure out how do I nail it in what I'm doing while I'm also learning about what's going to help me be successful at the, at the next step. Either way, it, you just got to keep learning. Yeah. Never stop learning, y'all. Never stop. And I hope you, as you listen to this, Scott's still learning and reading and growing. I'm still learning, reading and growing. We still talk to people behind the scenes or like, how would you do this? Or what do you do here? Right. And so it's important that like, man, once, once you get that learning bug, like I wish, I wish I could inject it into people when, once you get excited by learning, oh man, is your world change? World just changes. Right. And so I got one more question before we get in kind of the wrap up here of just the, the how a little bit of getting these connections, right? So you touched on it briefly, but I do want to at least get a little bit tactical there of like, okay, like, yeah, I do. So I'm paying attention. I'm seeing who the best is. How do I go about actually kind of making that my circle and getting to spend time with them? 
Yeah. One, one step at a time and ask, right? So as we were talking about before, the first is you have to find them, right? Like who is it that you want to be that mentor for you? Right. And I think we overthink this whole mentoring thing. Mm-hmm. Mentors in my eyes are literally every person I talk to. I'm going to learn something. I mean, I've learned things in this conversation from what KD has talked about, right? So it, it's having that awareness. Then the next step is like, do the work, right? If if they do have some content that's out there publicly, listen to their podcast, watch a video, don't ask them stuff that they've talked about ad nauseum. And then rather than going right in for the, Hey, KD, will you mentor me? Which is like, like here's marriage proposal right off the, uh, right off the bat, ask a smart question, right? Start, start with something where you know that they're informed that they've got an idea, start with that question. And then the key here is report back, right? Share what you're finding and then just continue to build on that. And again, I've already talked about the hack to accelerate this whole thing, Figure, find a group of these people. Odds are they might know of each other, but they may not have a whole lot of depth of a relationship. And if you can be that catalyst to bring that group together, and, and maybe it's a once a month thing, right? Maybe it's, it's uh, uh, cigars and whiskey, right? Because you were, were, you were playing the KD game, right? right? Like uh, understand like what they're into, right? And, and connect with that. Um, or, or build your own thing. And over time, it just kind of happens, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it ultimately, I talk about this in terms of learning, but also surrounding yourself in this way. You have to own this. Nobody else can do this for you, right? KD can't learn for you. <laughs> you must own your development and your growth. I love this, man. Like, it's just something where we tiptoe around it too much in terms of like being a doer. But then also funny enough, you have to be a doer to surround yourself with doers. That's it. It's not just going to happen. You do something. Yeah. Right. Like, it's just, it's not. And you have to take that action. Like, I've told this story, this one I have told at nauseum. But like, when I was first becoming a VP, I reached out to five VPs a week for a year, for a year straight, looking for mentorship and advice right? For a year. Y'all can do that math real quick, over 250. And that's how I met Scott Lees. That's how I met Kevin Gaither. That's how I met Colin Coggins. It's how I met my early mentors in this game was through doing and reaching out and getting those conversations started. So it's just so important, y'all, to, to, to do this and take action on it. So all right, I got two questions left for you here, Scott. So the first one, we call it the big three, right? Like we've talked a lot we've talked about a lot here. If you could boil it down to three key takeaways in terms of how to either become a doer or surround yourself with doers, what would the three key takeaways you'd want people to walk away from this conversation with? Well, I, I think we've, we're beating the horse to death, right? Because in order to get to this right now, it's take action, right? You heard the conversation. We talked about what to do. You have to do it. So identify the people that you're going to surround yourself with, reach out to them, start building that relationship, right? Secondly, have that bias towards action. You know what to do. Just start doing it. And then finally, own your own development. Right. When I started the daily sales tips podcast, which is much, much shorter than sales success stories over a thousand tips ago, that was tip number two. I talked about how you have to own your own development. It's that important. It is absolutely fundamental because nobody else is going to do any of this for you. 
That could be the daily tip for a thousand episodes. And it still <laughs> could. would be old. Let me like, say this a thousand different say. ways. Might want to bring that one, want bring that one back. And so and then my last question for you here, man, right? The name of the podcast is Live Better, Sell Better. Right. I have this weird idea, right? That if we took better care of ourselves, if we had more energy, more joy, more happiness, more connections, more friends, whatever, that the sales would also improve. What would your live better advice be for everyone? So it's the same advice I give to myself, and it stems from this idea that if you don't love what you're doing, it's work and work sucks. So you have to find a way to fall in love with what it is that you're doing. And part of this may mean that you need to reflect hard because you might not be in that spot, right? Do you love the company you work for? Are you passionate about what it is that you're selling? Are you passionate about your customers and who you're selling to? Are you selling to the right people? Are they your people, right? Or is this just something you get paid to do and you're never going to be great if if that's your mindset? So the more that you can connect that idea of, of just doing something that you love, your life is better, right? Mm-hmm. You'll never work another day in your life if you love what you're doing. Yeah, no, there's a, a song that came out like a year ago or whatever. It's like, you know, it says, ooh, I'm on vacation, you know, because working like I love my vocation or something, right? Like every day is a vacation when you love what you're doing day in and day out because it's not something you feel like you need to escape. So, Scott, my man, this was phenomenal, dude. Like, where can people get more of you? Where can they follow you? Like, drop, 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 drop the podcast, drop the list, drop like the successalizer, which we got to talk about. How can they get more Scott Ingram in their life? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to update this list because it is always changing, but we've consolidated everything. If you go to salessuccesseverything.com, that's what you'll find. Sales success, everything. I love it. Well, my man, this was phenomenal. It's exactly what I was hoping to get out of it. And I really do hope people hear this and take action and become doers. But then also too, y'all, to be real, there's nothing more fun than being in a group of people that just do. Like, and you can tell, and that's what you talk about. Like when Scott and I talk offline, guess what we're talking about? This type of shit, right? When that's, this is what we love to do. And that energy is contagious. So Scott, man, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And dude, come on by for that cold plunge, man. We'll make it happen. It's happening. We're going to get cold. Hell yeah, baby.